remember a good piece of advice I got in seminary. It's from a married deacon uh, who was talking to a group of us seminarians at the time. And he said, men, it's very important for you all to find a woman who loves your vocation more than you do and ask her to pray for you. And his reasoning was that as priests and celibates, um, we are lacking um, a certain accountability partner that married men have <laughs> called their wife that holds them accountable and demands of them certain generosity and certain um, integrity. That as celibates, it's easy to, to lose sight of that, lose that, that accountability and sort of become lax in your own love of what called you to the priesthood in the first place. And so it was good advice. And I think the best woman to ask to pray for you, the woman who loves the priesthood more than any one priest, is Mary, the mother of the high priest, Jesus. Today we celebrate her and her assumption into heaven, this dogma of the Catholic faith that she not stained by original sin, did not have to suffer one of the consequences of sin, namely bodily death. That in the East they celebrate the dormition of Mary, literally the falling asleep of Mary before she was assumed body and soul into heaven. So that even her body was preserved. That only Jesus and her have body and soul in heaven. That all the rest of the dead, all the saints who have gone before us, are awaiting that bodily resurrection at the end of time, at the second coming, the parousia, when Jesus will come in glory as he came before as a servant to raise all the dead and to give us back our bodies, this time glorified and untouched by that stain of original sin. And so it's kind of a result of the dogma of of Mary's immaculate conception that she, unlike all of us, um, although only human, unlike her son who is God and man, she's only a human being, Yet she's a perfect human being. What we all could have been, what we all should have been before we fell. But this doesn't mean that she's some kind of pure angel. She is very human. If you've ever been to the Holy Land, you know how tough a woman it would take to get from Bethlehem to Judah when she had just received the Annunciation. She's newly pregnant. She gets all the way down the only mode of transportation besides your own legs was a donkey for about a hundred miles to go visit her cousin Elizabeth and then after three months and her her cousin Elizabeth gives birth she goes back to Nazareth another hundred miles this time three months pregnant and then later about nine months pregnant walks another hundred miles to Bethlehem gives birth in a stable on straw watches her son after 33 years of of loving him and and knowing him, die on a cross, having her own heart crucified, feeling that pain herself, and yet trusting in God and giving her gift of her son back to the Father who gave him to her. This woman knows suffering. This woman knows combat. As we've seen in the, the first reading in Revelation, that dragon waiting to eat the baby that she's giving laboring to give birth to but that can't finally corrupt the body of Christ, the church. I was up late last night reading more bad news about the priesthood, about the church, about the state of affairs here in the United States and throughout the world that's suffering so much scandal right now in the priesthood and the hierarchy of the church that there's a combat going on. 
And we need a woman who loves the church, who loves the priesthood, who loves Jesus more than any of us do, and that's Mary. She is our one solitary boast, our tainted nature's one solitary boast, as the church father said. So we need to beg her for her help, to see her example, to ask for her prayers, to love her the way Jesus loved her, and ask her to help us to love Jesus the way she loved him.